On this week's episode of The Cook's Corner, we chat with Chris Shiver, a backyard cook turning pro. Let me just say this, Chris is asking great next level questions that, let's just say he's done his homework and he wants to move up. So let's listen in and everybody learn something. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pit Master, your host, David Bosca. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast slash Cook's Corner. That's right. We're going to do another Cook's Corner. Today we've got our guest is Chris Shiver out of Florida. Chris, say hello to everybody. Hey everybody, how are you? Oh, that was short and sweet and that's what we like, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, let's tell everybody oh, yeah. where you at right now. Where do you live? I'm in Pensacola, Florida. It's in the Northwest Florida panhandle. All right. And are you a competition cook? Uh, well, I've been a backyard cook and I am looking to do my first ever barbecue competition, uh, this month. So getting into the backyard circuit. Okay, perfect. Well, that's, that was kind of where I was wanting to just tell everybody real quick. We, he is, he cooks in his own backyard, family, friends, block parties, whatever. And he's inspired and he's, he's ready to go to competition and see how his ribs stack up against the rest. And Chris contacted me and said, he's got some questions. Folks, I have no idea what the question is going to entail, so let's just get started and let's all learn from it. Chris, let's start with one thing that we need to know and everybody wants to know. What are you going to be cooking on? Uh, I have an, it's an H, HBT smokers out of Gunnersville, Alabama. It's basically like a Jambo-style pit. That's what I'll be cooking out of for competitions. I have a drum smoker, but I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay, so basically an offset smoker is what you've got. Right. Okay. Now let's go with the next one. What is your fuel base going to be? Is it going to be charcoal, wood, combinations? What are you thinking? Uh, that was actually one of my questions. Okay. Yeah, that was what, when I originally started looking into it, uh, a bunch of people, they said that they started their fire with charcoal. And then uh, they threw on wood and just cooked with straight wood. And that's what, on the uh, on my big offset, I've been just doing straight pecan wood. And then on my drum, I started mixing it up with uh, actually using charcoal for my fuel and then just throwing in a couple wood chunks from time to time for some flavor. But I was curious because I know over-smoking can be an issue in competitions. So yes. I was curious what your thoughts were on that. I like using lump charcoal. Um, briquettes is great to get started. There's no doubt. Um, but once it gets going, I like lump charcoal. And then, yes, I I would say some wood logs, um, one, one at a time, two at a time. Just more, that's more how much smoke you do want. But if you go straight wood nonstop, for my personal uh, uh, thoughts and my flavors, it is too much smoke. Yes. Okay, yeah. And I'm using pecan because I know that's a little more mild than, you know, like hickory or something like that. But And that's my wood flavor of choice also. I like pecan. Yep. Well, the main thing is that I'm worried like I'm used to cooking on my at my own pace in the backyard, but with this competition, uh we we're not allowed to prep the meat before we show up to the competition. So they have the cooks meeting and then meat inspection at five or six in the afternoon. And then we're allowed to get started prepping all of our meat and trimming everything up. And just, I, the turn in times are 11, 12 and one. And just kind of getting down a time frame. I was thinking about smoking around 260 but I'd heard people prefer 300 because 260 just cutting it too close for turn-in time. What's the three meats? Uh, this will be chicken, pork, and ribs, which ribs are pork. But In that order, the 11, 12, 1, chicken, 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be chicken, then ribs at twelve, and then pork at one. Okay. Verify before you get to your contest, um, because the five o'clock after that doing meat inspection, that's getting pretty late. Um, I'm not sure that's what I was thinking. Who, who, but what's the sanctioning I have emailed body? and asked about it. Um, it's a non-sanctioned event, okay. but they're working with, uh, FBA. So the rules are basically FBA rules, except I'd mentioned that, you know, especially doing chicken, like doing all that on site and not being able to start till five or six was going to be kind of a mad rush to It'll be a mad rush on their end to get around to every site after a cook's meeting just to get it inspected. Um, If they're running, say, 45 minutes from start to finish, someone's got an hour advantage over the next guy. Um, So you might shoot them an email and just a simple question, say, um, need clarification. One thing is a lot of them won't allow you to prep, but they'll allow you to trim. So you might ask them, say, hey, can we trim and reseal um, for travel? And then, see, that takes a lot of the work out once they get to meat inspection. And then ask them, what time is meat inspection? Will you be doing it through the day? You see what I'm saying? Because after the cook's meeting, that seems kind of late. Just my own opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought because I I know I've listened to your other cooks' corners and I know you were saying that you like to do it, you know, your especially your chicken before you even get there because you're doing it in your own home. Yeah, they just had something saying that it had to be in original packaging, which is why I asked them if we could trim prior. But um, I mean, again, I I can email again for clarification just to be sure. But I think a great question to them would be define original packaging because if you buy chicken and your meat market cuts up the chicken, I mean, you see what I'm saying? The packaging is now not original. It's now in a meat market package. What's the difference between that and your packaging? There is no difference. You can saran wrap it just like they can. I could just put it back in the same tray. Yeah, you can saran wrap it just like they can. Um, and then let's, you may have some cooks that instead of buying full cut spare ribs might go to the meat market and say, Hey, give me some three St. Louis cut. Well, now you see what I'm saying? So I I just need some clarification there is what you need. So, okay. Yeah. All right. And I think a great way to say it would also be clarification isn't necessarily on original packaging, but as long as it's not injected, marinated, spiced, if it's just raw meat, can we trim it and re and let's say seal a millet? Um, you see what I'm saying? Something like that and have it ready for your inspection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll definitely clear that up before I go. Okay. Um, and then time frame to get stuff done in those time frames. I'm I'm the kind that I like my chicken coming off ready to go to the box. So I've got my timing down directly. Ribs, I like the ribs to be done about 45 minutes early. And then I just like setting them with a towel over the top of the aluminum foil because I wrap them. Pork, man, okay. get pork done and get it out of your way and hold it in a, like a Cambro and uh non-ice-filled ice chest. And I say that because I had a gentleman cook one time and call me and said, it cooled right down when I put it in ice chest. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he literally opened up his ice chest that he took the raw meat out of and set his cooked meat right back down in it when it was done. Oh, I wow. said, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so if you use an ice chest, just make sure it's not full of ice. But Right. Um, but get that yeah. pork done. I mean, it can set around a couple hours. Um, put it in a smaller chamber, yeah. a small ice chest, wrap it in a towel, whatever's needed. Um, but get that out of your way. You don't have to think about it. I mean, gosh, if it's getting done just before chicken goes in, perfect. Then you can concentrate on getting the other two meats finished out. Do a test now, cook right there at your house. Get your timing down to the exact. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I've been, I've been getting, um, I've been taking logs of it as I cook each piece individually on my drum and then next weekend I'm doing one with everything just to see how it works. I'm just going to run it like I'm at the competition. 
perfect. Just cook through the night and get everything knocked down before I go because I'm yeah. going to show up and have any surprises. Take you a notebook and start at the top and put your timing down. Put like over on the left hand side. Put like twelve oh five. Put pork in. Then you could say one o'clock sprayed the pork and that make make every little step to where you know what you're you're going through and then especially when it gets up closer to where you can say spice ribs at x whatever i'm just throwing numbers out there six o'clock um at 6 15 light well no you'll be only on the one cooker um but anyway if you didn't if you had multiple cookers 6 15 start grill for uh ribs or chicken and lay it out in a time frame to where you don't jump from meat to meat look up at chicken and go okay i don't have anything to do till 8 45 go down to ribs oh man at 7 30 i supposed to have been doing this but lay it out in a in a uh, chronological order of timing so that you're following it through exactly the way you would in real time so on your okay. notes as you, before next weekend, when you go to put them all together, take all your notes and start combining them right now. So then you have everything on one sheet of paper and then follow that through okay. your test cook. Then whenever you do your test cook, make notes out to the side or on another sheet of paper and then make a final note, just in that same format for your competition. Supplies. I've been running through a couple checklists on what I need to bring, what I don't need to bring. Um, and I have a pretty good idea, but I just wanted to ask you, you know, is there anything that you thought you wouldn't need that you ended up needing or anything you thought you needed that just got in the way? When you do your test cook, every single thing that you have out in your driveway when you're doing your cook or on your back porch, wherever you're doing it at, Put it in a tub when you're done, put it in your garage, and it's ready. Whenever you're going back and forth in and out of your house, um, make notes. Needed two extra rolls of paper towels. Need spatula for chicken. Need um, injector for this. Um, Make notes of it. And then put all that stuff into your tubs. Set it to your side. You got it ready. And then everything left over, man, get rid of it. There's no sense in taking a 16-foot car trailer full of everything. I mean, I'm all in for traveling light. But then be logical. If you're expecting rain, take an easy up. Um, Take duct tape. Um, Take electrical tape so you can electrical up your – 110 hookups because it, the difference is is the little things that you may not realize you may need a drop light um for your prepping and cooking overnight that you had your back porch light on you didn't even think about okay um chairs yeah that was the other thing if it i have an easy up if it does start raining um how do you if i'm this is probably going to be in a parking lot how do you secure your easy up down like if there was a storm and the wind's blowing i will you have I've a little trailer taking five gallon buckets five gallon buckets full What's of water that? is good um no. gallon of water raise weighs right about eight pounds so you're talking about 40 pounds a bucket um take you some ratchet yeah. straps have that on your list if you're going to put everything on a trailer and take it you ratchet strap it, put at least two legs of that up against the trailer, ratchet strap it down to uh, the corner of the trailer, tongue of the trailer, a wheel of your car, go through your rim. I mean, just as much as you can, put it on something solid. And then okay. the other corner, the uh, any corner left over, your smoker is going to be pretty good size. Just have the exhaust sticking out underneath your, I mean, out from underneath your easy up. Take a corner of it and strap it down to the leg of your smoker. Okay. And uh, take in a bungee cord and put it on the inside of your um, easy up and run your paper towels through that. You got to have a place to put them. Or the, if there is any wind or storms, I mean, they're going to blow all over the place. Um, so what I have found yeah. when before I got my trailer – I just went to a big box store and I bought that rag in a box 
and I didn't have to worry about paper towels. Um, they were in a box. They didn't blow around. They were just real simple. They're twice as pricey, okay. but that's how I took care of having to fight yeah. paper towels in the wind. Right. Tables. Um, if you're going to do the simple, you would need something to simple wash things in. Get you a little, those little gray bus tubs or an, double up. If you take stuff in tubs, use a tub to wash dishes in. Use one of your empty tubs for that. That's what I was thinking because I heard you like to label a bunch of tubs like pork, mm -hmm. chicken, brisket. And that's what I did. I have uh, three or four tubs that I was going to label, you know, this is what I need for chicken. This is what I need for pork. This is what I need for cleaning supplies. Perfect. And then I can just use one of those as a wash for, you know, my cutting board or anything like that. That's perfect. That's exactly the way I look at stuff is, is that way during, let's say the last two hours of your cook. Cause I'm a firm believer in the last hour of a cook is as, or more important than the first six hours, because how you finish something so important. And if you get rattled right at the end going, Oh my God, where's this? Where, 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 where's this? At? Where's it? That's when you're going to forget a step that was critical in your test cooking. So keep things organized like that. And then keep in mind, it sounds like you're pretty organized already. Um, you're keeping notes, you're doing all the right stuff. And I've said this on other ones, have a backup plan for other things. You just don't know. Let's just say your, your pork, um, if you planned on doing money muscle or pulled pork or whatever, what if something else happens? What do you plan on doing? What if, what if, I mean, have little backup plans for if the pork gets overdone, what if the pork doesn't get done enough? How do you handle that? You know, it was, if it come off two hours okay. early and you're sitting there and it's the last cook item and you open it up after doing ribs and you go to prep that pork, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even slice this. What's your plan? How do you plan on handling that? You see what I'm saying? There's got to be a plan. I, I, yeah. I and heard I, you say that one time. You pulled the wrong part of the brisket off. That's right. And you shoved it down in the coals to get it cooked real That's fast. That's exactly what I was going to tell you. That I was going to kind of mention that story. And I would say you get get a double double deal of foil. Or if you take a little aluminum pans to heat sauce up in, um, something, grab, slice something off that pork, shove it in that, put a little bit of a au jus out of your aluminum foil down in it, shove it down on them coals that's still going. That's how, you, I mean, you got to make those changes and keep that in mind. That's a great, see there again, I think you got a good plan. I think it sounds like you're thinking and you're planning. So that's good. That's really, really good. I've been reviewing as much as possible <laughs> so I don't get down there and look like a total idiot. <laughs> Well, then you're not going to be a pit master. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, sorry to jump around like all this, but things come oh, in my head no, when I talk fine. to people. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. I'm just here to get as much knowledge as I can before I go down there. Cool. Any, what else are, are you got in your head? When are you showing up? Well, What's that? When do you plan on showing up at the contest? Uh, they start allowing people to enter. It said 1 p.m. on Friday. So I was going to take off Friday and drive down there and just be there as soon as it opens. I like that. Get your bearings, get set up. And prepping your meat, let's just play devil's advocate. Let's say that they are going to do inspection after um, cook's meeting. What is your plan on which meat starts first and on which meat goes through your process of getting it trimmed and prepped? How do you plan on doing well, that? If they don't allow, we had talked about that just in case. And I, I won't, since the pork bud's the biggest, I would like to go ahead and get that seasoned. So that it's sitting and it's injected. And because normally if I'm cooking at home, I like to dry brine it for about 12 to 24 hours. And I'm not going to have anywhere near that amount of time. So in my head, I'm thinking that's the first thing I want to go ahead and do. Plus, it's the quickest to trim anyways. Yep. 
I like and then that I can thought. go ahead and get that out of the way. Along, and then the ribs would be next. And chicken takes a while, but my girlfriend has been; she's been cooking with me, and she is incredibly good at scraping the skin. And we've got that knocked down pretty quick. We can get that done in about thirty minutes. Well, yeah, she can even start that while you start one. Right. Yeah. So I could go ahead and trim the butt and the ribs, and she could go ahead and start pulling the skin off and getting it scraped, and then I can yeah. go back through and trim up the meat. Hopefully that they do allow that prior to the contest. Um, and really thing- also, I don't want to be outside in the sun down yeah. the and that that's something to even throw out there is say hey it's just it's more sanitary it's going to keep the meat at a cooler constant temperature you're not we're not going to take a chance of this meat getting too warm while it, we're working on it outside under an easy up i mean there's lots of uh, benefits of allowing this to be done in a controlled atmosphere so okay yeah definitely something i'm going to reach out about again yeah I, I think i would too i think it'd definitely be a benefit the last thing i have um picnic tables uh well the little fold up white tables that we we'll be prepping everything on mm-hmm. um they're a little short for me i'm about six three and i had seen where people used inch and a quarter pvc pipe to raise those tables up a little bit but it didn't seem like it would be very stable. I didn't know if you had any. There, it's really not that. that bad. Um, I'm six five, oh, and okay. I live the same thing. Even in my cook trailer, I've got the counters raised up high so that I don't have to stoop over. But you know, right. I yes, they slide. They do different things. But once you go to putting a little bit of weight on there, a couple of totes, that that does hold them decently steady. Um, so okay. that's not a bad deal and, and it's inexpensive and yeah, it, it does a pretty good deal. All right. Yeah. I was just curious cause that would be the easiest way to do it and the yep. cheapest trash bags. How do you plan on, I mean, everybody thinks, yeah, I'm gonna take trash bags, but how are you going to hold it open? Um, what do you, you yeah. Um, honestly hadn't even thought about that. I, what I do and I, in the open, it could blow around. Maybe it wouldn't, but I I just went and got one of those collapsible um, pantry for people to use for clothes down down. Okay, yeah, and you know they fold up to nothing. I think they're what 15, 18 inches in diameter, and then they fold up to an inch wide, and then you just undo a little twist and go. It just opens up to a stand up trash can. I just shove a trash bag okay. down in it. Yeah. You said it's just a collapsible pantry? Yeah, just closed pantry, closed hamper, whatever you want to call it. And okay. take it take a brick and put it on your trailer that you're taking with you. Put it in the bottom of it and then put your trash bag over over that to where the brick is inside the bag. But yeah, and then that kind of helps hold it in place. I would say you say you're using a cutting board. You got a single cutting board um for all or are you you using different ones for different meats? I have a couple different ones, but I because you know, like the brisket was. I, I'm not cooking brisket in this competition, but it was a lot larger than any of the boards I had. I have one of those that folds out, um, and is large enough to do. You know, I can do about twenty to twenty-five eyes on that, and then um, I was just I had planned on using. Uh, probably two for the whole thing okay well you got an hour between turnings so you got plenty of time to rinse things off get your table set back up prep your table for turnings um if you do any finishing dust if you do your sauce get your brush that you need for your sauce get a knife if you need something to prep with set it beside it i mean have a station ready for chicken at 11 o'clock so have it all ready at 10 45 okay. look around get your paper towels close because you're going to need something to keep your hands clean have your set of gloves uh, um your box of your gloves sitting right there have everything ready and in arm's distance and then after you go through that cl- stop clean it all up get it ready get set up for ribs do the same thing whatever you do different for ribs have it setting out and have it ready 
Same thing for pork. And then, I mean, all the way to the point where you have Ziplocs ready to put your leftover food in, because it sounds like your girlfriend might be going with you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have her, and that may be it. I'm hoping my sister will be able to come down and help my sister and her boyfriend. Okay. But it looks like I'm... I don't have like a full team, so that, that you you got all that's needed. Um, so if you or whomever carries the uh, turn in into the where it's going to be judged, the next the one that's still back at the site, they know that that's their job. Get that old cutting table washed off. Get the cutting block ready. Start prepping and cleaning. Then if it is you doing the turn in, then when you get back, you know in your head where you want it, stage it in the right position, um, things like that. Then you can have it all ready. Then you got time to sit back and kick gravel over your turn in. gum, that chicken was all about. And then you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But but get ready before you you start kicking gravel too hard. Get get prepped and get ready. Okay. Are they supplying the uh, turn-in boxes? Yes. In your test cook, do you have a turn-in box to put food in? I don't yet, but I'm, I plan on getting one so I can make sure that I can get everything in the box. That's what I was going to say is, is cooking it's one thing, getting it finished is one thing, but sometimes that putting it in the box changes your plan. So definitely get your one to two of them and take it all the way to putting it in the box and closing the lid. That's, that's what you need to, that, that needs to be part of your test cook. Yeah. And this one is a little bit different because, well, it's FBA. So we have to do, there's no garnish, but there's eight pieces per box. Yeah. And there's a lot of the, meat that goes in the box that's not part of the turn-in that is cooked for like chicken and if it goes in the box it needs to be edible it needs to be the best it can but i do know that they sometimes shred chicken and put on the bottom to help keep it warm to and to give it a bed to set on Um, some people will shingle chicken thighs and to where it looks like there's eight to ten in a box they'll shingle them coming down um, to help fill the box up, which keeps it warm, keeps it all like that. Um, so keep that in mind. My my biggest worry was it pulling up at the bottom. I know that's a lot of people say that that can happen. Just your sauce just kind of pulls up, but if you set your sauce, you take it back and set it, then it should. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And, uh, last thing as far as just the overall showing up to the competition um i don't really have i booked a hotel room just in case but i was i can cancel up to a couple days before but i wasn't sure if that's with just the two of us if a hotel is a good idea or not because i mean obviously one of us is going to have to be there at all time to watch the fire I was going to say that's more personal preference. Um, your you you and or your girlfriend might rotate. I've seen it done several different ways. Hey, I'll take the first three hours. You take the next three hours. I've seen it to where um, the main cook, be it the man or the woman, which or whichever teammate, um, does most all of it, and they're in charge and they don't leave. Um, that's the way I am. Once I start cooking, I'm on site. I I won't leave the site. Um, but that's more personal preference. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen it to where, let's say in your, if we follow the method you've been given this, you both show up or one can show up after work, but the other one shows up at one in the afternoon. They come in, they get set up, get the easy up, up, get strapped in tables are set. Basically, you sit around, drink tea, and and wait for cook's meeting. Then both team members are there. They get started after the meat inspection. 9, 10, 11, they get out of there. One of them goes to a hotel. One stays there because they know here in a couple hours they got to turn around and cook. Uh, So I've seen it both ways. Um, I've seen them those recliner type chairs there and they just stay on site and just try to catch as much shut eye as you can. Oh, this is something. Yeah, this is something I I've got this on my phone. I got a iPhone 
and I've got alarms set on my iPhone. Um, 4.30, get up, turn this on. 7 o'clock, change smoker to this time. Um, uh, not, you see what I'm saying? You can even set yeah. timers on your phone just in case something happens. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's say that it, let's say it is you and you're sitting there and you start at midnight and you're starting to cook and man, I'm tired. I'm going to catch me 45 minutes. S- holler at Siri, Siri, set an alarm for 45 minutes. You know, it's fixing to go off. So man, get your 45 good minutes sleep, not wake up every 15 minutes and looking at the clock. What time is it? What time is it? Yeah. 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 And then I can always set an alarm on the, Grill temp, just in case it starts to run off all crazy. Yeah, yeah, both it works. Yeah, everything possible, everything's usable. That's right. And yeah. you'd mentioned at the first of the podcast, um, two sixty, three hundred, two seventy five. That is a very open and generic. I can give you a very generic answer, but it has everything to do with your cooker, um, your airflow, okay. the amount of. A fuel you're going to consume during it. I mean, uh, you said you have a drum also. Um, you know what I'm saying? A drum at 275, 300 is equivalent to 325 on some cookers. So, man, yeah. temperature, I don't know the size of your grates. I don't know where you plan on putting the meat. I don't know the airflow, how close to the uh, firebox. So, it's just, it would be really hard to give you a, a good answer for you to do a test cook off of. I would say yeah. I would try to run it as close as I could to the notes that I've already got. And I've been doing everything at about 260. So I think that's where I want to hang. Yeah. And somewhere in that 250, 260 range. And it's going to take longer to cook with all that meat on there, but. It is what it is. I mean, your pork's going to be mostly of off of there by then. Yeah. I mean, that can rotate it wherever it starts at. And by the time you wrap it, that can be in another position in the smoker while you can put something else in that prime spot. Um, say the ribs or something to start catching the better heat airflow. And you, I don't want to, I don't want to, sound like I'm being elementary, but have you played with your cooker a bunch and you understand what I mean when I say the biscuit test? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know Good. what you mean. I, I, I haven't ever done a biscuit test. I'm going to this weekend actually just to actually see it, but I have noticed, I mean, I've had that smoker for about five years now. So I, I know where I can put it and speed up the process if I need to. Okay, perfect. That's where I was going to mention that is you can always put, let's say your pork butts, because they're the larger cut. Um, let's say that the bone end is one way and your money muscles another way. And your heat's flowing into your bone end. You obviously don't want your money muscle facing that heat for four to six hours because it's going to be junk. By the time you need to cut into it. So yeah, flip it yeah. around. You know which end's hot, which end's cold. And let's be real, the day of the cook, things change. You might have a storm come in and it's cooled off a lot. Your ambient air temperature is now 30 degrees cooler and or could be 30 degrees hotter. So you need to know where I can push things off to and into to change to stay as close as you can to the, your uh, tested outcome. There's one very important thing that we haven't really spoke of or talked about. Well, okay, two two very important things. First thing is is um, the meat you've been testing and the meat you're going to do in your test cook and the meat that you're going to do in competition, is it at least all the same brand and you're keeping track of the size of the meat? I have been keeping track of the size of the meat, the um, the brand that I'm doing, I am going to do a different one for the competition. I meant for the test cook and the competition than what I've been doing. Um, it's like what basically I've been trying to get all of my flavors down and, um, just the overall as close to the timing as I can. But, uh, there, 
uh, the butcher shop that I've been buying from, I have cooked their meat before, and I know where I need to take it, and it's just a little more expensive. So I was trying, while I was trying to get my flavors right, to use cheaper cuts. Understood. Perfect. Okay. No, that makes sense. Then just keep in mind that it could intensify just a little bit with a little extra um, grease and fat rolling around in the mouth because as yeah. as that coats your mouth, that, that also will allow things to stay on there. Like if you use an oil and some chipotle, that, that oils can coat the mouth and make it seems to be warmer, hotter. But it's really not. Um, so just, yeah, that's great. I wanted to make sure that through your testing in the past, up through this test cook coming up and into your contest, that you're not wholesale changing from meat to meat to meat, not knowing why nothing's consistent. But it, I, I was, I, I rather doubted if that was going to happen because it does sound like you've got um, everything in line already. Now, for the most important question that we haven't talked about, What's going to be your team name? I mean, let's be real. We've got to have a team name. Yeah. Um, it's Porksicola Barbecue because we we love pork. We cook it all the time. We're from Pensacola, and that's the name we landed on. Cool. Yeah. See, that's what's important. It's got to make sense. <laughs> well, Chris, is there anything else you can right. think of? Um, well, if you got time, I was going to, I have a couple questions for basically each individual type of meat. I've got time. Let's talk. Do. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me go through my questions real quick here. All right. So the chicken, um, we, we were going through when we, when I do it, I just throw my rub on just a couple of hours before it goes on the grill. Cause I'm cooking at home. But is it will it make a huge difference if we go ahead and inject and throw on the rub that night before the cook, or should I just stay true to what we've been doing? I would inject the day before. I would not put rub on chicken the day before, the night before. Okay. I, I I like rub on my chicken generally if if I can, a couple three hours prior, a couple hours. I've for many years, I used to do it just immediately before I put it in. And I, I kind of felt like I was losing flavor. So I started backing it up and about two hours, two and a half hours prior to cooking seems to be a good magic spot for me to where I like the flavor of the rub on the meat itself. But overnight on chicken, okay. I would not do it overnight, but injecting it. Absolutely. You can inject overnight. Okay. And one of the things that I've been going back and forth with my girlfriend on is the jacquard. I see everybody uses the jacquard, but she is worried that if we do that, then we inject it. We're just going to lose all of our injection. Don't jacquard the meat that you're going to turn in. Okay. And what I mean by that is what, 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 what chicken are you cooking? Thigh, drum, breast, we're doing thighs. Okay. How many chicken thighs do you plan on cooking? Uh, I'd planned on 20. Okay. Because I, if I if I buy 20, I feel like I can I should be able to get eight that look good that I can turn in that are about the same size. Okay. Let's say you cook 20, you're going to prep 20, purchase 30. Use 10 of them as sacrificial chicken. There'll be 10 of them that didn't make size, didn't make chicken skins were already junk when you open up the package. Utilize those. Take your skin as you peel it back. I don't peel it completely off the chicken. Then lay it back on top of my sacrificial chicken. And as I jacquard through the skin, I'm going into a piece of meat that I'm not turning in anyway. Then it's done. So jacquard the skin, not the meat. Yeah, jacquard the skin into another chicken thigh, and then that takes care of that. Okay, all right. And that skin just lays right back on, and it cooks just fine. You'll never know it's not that it's been pulled back up. Yep. All right, and last for chicken, um, I've been using uh, your injection, the rotisserie style, Mm -hmm. 
But I've heard a lot of people prefer either the honey or the original for it. I mean, is there anything three, that you Three prefer? total complete different flavors. I personally like the yeah. rotisserie, okay? That's just personal preference. All right. The honey and the original are probably more popular. There's no doubt. But there goes back to flavors, rubs, sauces, smoke, what you've been doing and if it's been liked. Um, the only thing I would say is for your test cook, maybe do half and half just to see. All right. Yeah, everything that I've been building our flavor profile around has been, we've always injected with the rotisserie. Yep. So, and I, let me ask I you this, make- when do you eat it? When do you try it? Um, how how long after it's cooked have y'all been eating it? Um, and what I'm alluding uh, I, to, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I actually stole that from you as well. Um, we We go ahead and we eat it fresh off the grill. And then you were saying, you know, the next morning, go back and try it again and see if it still has, you know, the same flavor that it had before or if it's a little weaker. That's great. That's where I was going to go with that was, especially with an hour between turn-ins, the judges are not going to taste it as strong, stout, hot, while the juices are flowing, none of that stuff. So, and in your test cooks, do it this way also. Try it right off to where you know how it should taste when you go to turn it in so that you can tell if you need to pop it with the finishing dust. And then like, nope, this is where it needs to be. Um, let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, as I'm tasting it right now, and it's a 9, okay? Leave it alone. Put it in a box. Let it set about 15 minutes during your test cook. Clean your table up while you're waiting. Open up the box. Set it on um, a placemat. Let it set for, say, 10 minutes. Taste it. What's your flavor? Is it 7, 8, or is it still a 9? That's kind of how the judges are going to try it. You see what I'm getting at? But make sure you close the box. Let it do a little steaming. Let it do a little bit of that sauce softening up. Let it do everything it's going to do in that box, just like a judge is going to get it. Put it on a table. Let it set. Let it do just like it's going to do at a judging table. Multiple judges, and then it's going to go through that process, and then taste it. Then, within that next hour, do your ribs. And the reason I say do it exactly the same is go through your ribs the same process because you're going to be tasting just like the judges. The judges have already ate chicken. You have already ate chicken in about the same time frame. Drink some water in between. You know they're going to drink some water in between. Now taste those ribs. Has those ribs that have always been 9, 10, 11 Now, all of a sudden, they're a seven or an eight because you've already got barbecue, smoke, rub, and water on your mouth. See what I'm getting at? Kind of of play the same exact game that they are and do the same thing with pork. Go through that same process because now they've had two types of meat to taste. You've had two types of meat to taste. And don't sit and eat three pieces of chicken, three ribs, because they're not going to be able to. So yeah, eat, they're just going to eat one piece. Exactly. See what I'm saying? Put yourself in, and don't allow your girlfriend to do that during a test cook either because you need her flavor profile to mimic what she's going to be thinking through this whole process. The test cooking isn't just the cooking and your timing. It should also be the judging, test judging, and go through that judging process exactly like they are. Yeah. That's the only way to get a okay. true final statement all the way through. Yeah. Pork. Um, say I'm cooking. I, what I want to do would be turn in money muscle and some pulled pork. Okay. Um, say I cook it and my money muscle is overcooked. It's just mush. Um, I've heard a lot of people pull bacon. The What they call the bacon. Is, is that the meat that's directly behind the money muscle no. that they're pulling from? No. What bacon meat is, is a very thin layer of meat in the bottom cap fat, 
fat cap, that white. There's just, I'm talking, it might be a eighth inch, quarter inch thick, and it's about half of the pork butt. Um, that's what they're called bacon meat. Okay. All right. Because I was trying to think of a backup plan. I don't, I don't think I could pull the, like if the money muscle is overcooked, I don't think I should try to serve that as pulled pork or anything if, like that. If, if anything, that money muscle, when it gets overcooked, sometimes it will come apart into pieces, um, more chunks than slices. Um, and I've, I've, I've done this. I changed pork this year, brands of pork. And the first time I cooked it, I ended up turning in pieces kind of resembled slices, but it's more chunks only about the end of my thumb. The last digit on my thumb is all that I had, but I was able to get out of the two pork butts that I cook. And some of all the way through, I had like 10 pieces or 10 of those little chunks in the box. So just because it's coming apart, if it's not complete mush, maybe you can salvage a piece of that money muscle. Yeah. All right. And I know, I believe you had said you don't separate your money muscle. No. But I I saw a bunch of people that said, you know, after my money muscle hits 200, then I separate it, I wrap it. And then I return the rest of the butt until it's at 200. But do you feel that you can still get good quality pulled pork from it just by pulling it off with the money muscle? It's the placement in my cooker. There again, I know where my hot spots are, my cold spots. My, My thick part that is opposite of the money muscle, the bone in part, that is in the hottest part of my cooker with airflow. It's getting hit. Um, from the time it's wrapped until I'm done, it is getting soft when my money muscle is protected to the center of the grate and away from the airflow. So that is why I don't separate it is I understand the airflow within my cooker. And so I know how it's doing it. Um, that is why I do that. And I've never been a fan of separating it because it, to me, it just is not the same. That's what I was worried with how small that, part of the money muscle is i don't want to separate it yep. and i never have so i don't want to start now yep to the ribs um the basically presentation on ribs is one of the things for me that i can't seem to get down i can't get it where you get the even pullback on the bones i don't pay attention to it i'm gonna be honest with you um, if they are, they are, if they aren't, they aren't. Um, I do know that they say there's a few tricks to make it happen. If you're hung up and wanted to do while it's still raw, kind of push it down past the bone, the meat past the bone, just a little bit. They say that helps release it during the cook process and it'll allow that to happen. I've never paid much attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Just there before you wrap them, wipe off the ends of the bones a little bit. No, um, I'm talking about before you even start cooking. A lot of people will take the raw meat and push it. Oh, no, I'm saying like instead of paying. Yeah, I mean, you know, just in, if you don't worry about it, you that the everything's clean. Yeah, I, I just, the only time I look at that is, yeah, the only time I look at that is during uh, slicing them, getting ready to put them in a box. Yeah. If there's... Um, uh, blood that's okay. cooked out of the marrow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to chip, the, try to knock that off. Absolutely. I'm not silly. Um, contrary to yeah. the wife. Um, but uh, yeah, I do look at presentation at that point, but no, not prior to that. I don't worry about it. And then if they're sticking out great, I don't care if the one is barely out and then the one right beside it's protruded all the way. That doesn't matter to me. You're just getting the best cook meat that you can in the box it's got to each piece of meat's got to be right yeah i'm not going to pick one rib okay. over another one um especially if it's not tender just because the bone's showing yeah okay at this time it's time for truth serum i'm sure you are aware of what this is i'm going to inject you with a butcher barbecue truth serum and ask you a couple questions and get your answers on them all right. If All right. You, these these are simple questions, yeah. not going to be mind-boggling or make you have to think what's what's going to solve the world's problems. But outside of barbecue, what's your favorite food? 
Oh, man. It's got to be just a good steak. I like going, honestly, um, I like going down to the to Kevin at the butcher shop. He's got those, these Wagyu chuck eye steaks. And, man, those are my favorite thing to throw on the grill and cook. Absolutely. I love, we used to call them Delmonico's or chuck eyes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, those are, the difference between them and a ribeye is about three inches and $10 a pound. They're just, they are a great steak. Yeah. yeah exactly. If you're not fixing the meal and you're just eating, are you a breakfast person, a lunch person, or more of a dinner type person? Breakfast. Ah, you a coffee person with your breakfast? No, I'm yeah. more of like a brunch person. I like to have a Bloody Mary, the Meg's Benedict. That's my perfect morning on oh, a weekend. Okay. Love nice eggs Benedict. You don't find a lot of them around here, but absolutely they're full of flavor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, when you're cooking, this is barbecue. When you're cooking, are you a temp person to check when it's done, or are you a feel person to know when it's done? I am 100% temp. My girlfriend tells me, stop worrying about all the thermometers. If it's tender, you need to pull it. So we kind of go, we go by temp to guide us, and once we're in that range... She makes sure that it feels the way it needs to feel. Yep. All right, Chris. I really appreciate it. I I appreciate your questions. Hope we got some answers for you, especially before you cook. Uh, if you want to call back um, after you test cook, feel free. Okay. Yeah. And I greatly appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me. You bet. You bet. Hey, everybody, listen up to what the guy's fixing to say right here behind us all. You better listen to him because he knows what's going on. Thanks a lot, everybody. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.